Hi everyone, Trevor here. Previously on We Need to Talk About Movies podcast, Nathan and I were indulging in, or overindulging, in quite a lengthy science fiction waffle. You've probably heard that. If you haven't, then why don't you go to wherever you've just found this delightful podcast, look up last week's episode, episode 11, and download that. Listen to that, and then come and listen to this, because this is part two. It's a continuation. Anyway, where we left off last week, we was just talking about Star Wars, which is exactly where we will continue now. So what what genre is that then? Well, I've got that down as like sci-fi fantasy. Right. And I think other films that fall into that category possibly be The Matrix. Right, yeah. Would that fall into that category? I don't know. I don't know what else it would be. I mean, I suppose all sci-fi is fantasy, really, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. It's like the new Planet of the Apes films. Are they a sci-fi fantasy or are they a dystopian science well, fiction? dystopian, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be, isn't it? But, I mean, dystopian, going back to that, it's a big genre, isn't it? You've got films like Your Planet of the Apes. Yeah. You've got films like THX 1138, 1984, based on the George Orwell book. Yeah. Rollerball, I guess, is still dystopian future. Blade Runner. Is Blade Runner dystopian? It is, isn't it? I don't know. They're not... People aren't sort of housed up, are they? You know, they're not... They're not sort of being suppressed, are they? Well, some of the people are being oppressed, aren't they? Well, the androids are, aren't they? Are they androids? Are they? I yeah. mean, I, like I say, I wasn't a hundred percent involved in the story. But then you got really bleak, sort of. So, the road. Have you ever seen the road? Not sure I have. With Aragorn and the little boy, and it's basically just them walking a deserted world. Everyone's been wiped out, and it's just like stragglers of survivors. And there's no spaceships or flying saucers or anything in it, but they're just sort of surviving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like raiders and stuff. It's like Fallout, basically. Fallout 3. It's like that, basically. They're just, but without all the mutants and big giant creatures. Then, yeah, science fiction fantasy. Would Ready Player One fall into that category? Dy- dystopian? Well, I guess it is a bit, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit. I guess that is a science fiction fantasy dystopian Spielberg film. <laughs> Ready Player One, though, was brilliant because... It... I enjoyed it. I know a lot of people think it's cheesy shit, but I loved it. The kids loved it. We watched it with the kids. It's it's right up there. Street. It's our era as well, though, isn't it? You know what I mean? All what, yeah. all what they reference as pop culture in it is everything that we've grown up with in our timeline. Yeah. But I've read the book as well, and the book is more geared at my brother's generation sort of he's 10 years older than me right it's all about the early sort of computer programmers and that and i read it and i was just thinking the film was for me and i'm watching reading the book thinking the book is for my brother so i did post it to after i finished it i posted it to my brother yeah happy birthday bruv and i think he appreciated it i think he really enjoyed it but yeah the the film is just great fun and it's all look i recognize that oh look it's the Mm. delorean oh it's yeah it's great but my kids loved it as well because it's just everything they play at the moment isn't it with all their skins and avatars and stuff like that 
just just great fun and it proved that spielberg can still make a great film for the whole family yeah i well i bought it and i've probably watched it three times i reckon so far yeah i think i've watched it about three times as well sometimes we're just scrolling through or looking through all our films we're like one of the kids will go oh, let's watch ready player one again so yeah all right we'll watch ready player one again is is that the sequel yeah <laughs> I think there is a sequel being planned. I think oh, there's God. a sequel book. Right. So whether they make a sequel film, I don't know. But So what other genres would you say, Nath? What, what would you say, right, because this is technically science fiction, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Ah, oh, yes. That science fiction romantic comedy drama. you're far better at this game than i am that is a fantastic little film i watched that again sort of within the last six months it's brilliant isn't it oh it's great it's such a great concept because you do when you split up with someone you just oh you don't want it in your head anymore do you and you're like no what if you could have it deleted and then realizing you don't want it deleted and him just chasing the what a visual treat isn't it when he's just chasing her through his dreams trying not to let her go yeah 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 when he's trying to hide her in in other memories it's just fucking brilliant oh it's just brilliant and J- jim carrey's just great in it yeah that's um written by uh charlie kaufman isn't it right who's wrote he, oh, he, all his films are just fucking just warped you know really clever sort of odd kooky films uh being john malkovich <laughs> right an adaptation he was he done adaptation you know? did he right yeah well adaptation is the sequel to being john malkovich isn't it Do you right and that's what he's written he wrote being john malkovich it was this massive hit and then he's like how do i write a sequel to that and then he wrote adaptation adaptation was a weird film which is how do i follow that I know, I'll write about a writer trying to write a follow-up film to a successful film. Well, hang on, why don't I just write it about me trying to write a follow-up film to a successful film? (laughs) And uh, it's just, well, what is that all about? It's just great, isn't it? And then he introduces a twin that he's like this artist and his twin is just like, oh, I could write a script. It's easy. Yeah. And then it's all his self-doubt and self-loathing, isn't it, in one script. Trying to... Oh, it's just fucking... Does he go chasing a ghost awkward, ghost orchid in a swamp or something? I can't remember it. That's, that's the story he's writing. He's adapting a book, which was a reference book, isn't it? About flowers or so, about orchids? Right, yeah. It's not even a story book he's adapting, is it? Mate. And then... Yeah, it's just the people who wrote the book are going into like really dangerous locations to find this orchid, and he's sort of writing that, and then he's writing his own story. Oh, yeah, honestly, you bu- you bought that, f- that film round for me to watch, and it just I I can because this is years ago now. This must be twenty odd years ago that I watched that with you, and honestly, I don't think my brain was ready for it at the time that we were watching it. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot goes on. I need, I, I need to watch that again. 
I think we need to watch that again, yeah. We need to do that. It, that needs to be a film that we review. I think we need to do a Charlie Kaufman season, mate. Yeah. And just go through his films because he's he's just done some really great films. And there's some that I haven't seen and I need to catch up because he'd done one um, called Synecdoc. I've probably pronounced that wrong. New York with um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Right. And I think he actually directed that film as well. But yeah, just, I don't know what it's about, but weird films, weird guy. But how did we get onto Eternal that? Sunshine, Sunshine of the Spotless, of Spotless Mind. Mind? Yeah. Which is a rom com drama sci fi. Well, I suppose what we haven't talked is science fiction horror. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So Alien, Predator. Predator. Yeah. That'd be sci fi action? action. Yeah. I suppose. That's not really a horror, is Alien it? Alien works more on a horror level, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, the Fly. Yeah, sci-fi horror. horror. What about life? What is life? Have I seen life? Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Ryan Reynolds. It's um, it's an odd film. It's a painful one to watch. Is it? I don't think I've seen that. It's quite modern. Daniel Espinosa. Don't think I've heard of it. It's not. You know, it's not uh, amazing, but it is. Um, Definitely. But that's like well, a, a horror, is it? Is it horror? Well, basically, yeah, they find a... Uh, um, I have seen it. Yeah, I have seen a trailer for this. Yeah, I so think. they find a life form and then it, it sort of basically ends up destroying the space station and then the space station starts falling out of orbit and they're trying to not let this horrible thing get down to our planet. Yeah. I don't know if it is a horror. It seems a bit horrific. Yeah. It's not not in the same shocking vein as like um Alien. Alien. Yeah. Uh, or or The Fly. Uh there was another one I seen there that was would fall in The Thing? Yes. Yeah, John Carpenter's The Thing. I've actually googled um I've wikipedia'd America uh, science fiction horror films and that is a huge list they've actually sectioned each letter that's how big it is wow the blob yes yeah um what is the blob i can't think that horrible fucking it does it come down from a, a meteorite and it's just like this blob that starts absorbing the whole fucking city mm. invasion of the body snatchers they're good films right I remember watching the really old version when Channel 4 done a series of like horrors. It used to be late night on a Friday night. Yeah. And I used to record them and they were like 1950s sort of B-movie horrors. I said about it when we watched The Fly. I'd sort of seen bits of it then, the old one. Yeah. And Invasion of the Body Snatchers was another one I watched and them about the ants. Yeah. Can't believe they've not remade that. But I suppose they've made Starship Troopers. Now, but, um, that's an interesting one. Invasion of the Body Snatchers is a really good one. That's on my list, but I've not seen it. Yeah, the 70s version I remember being really good. Jeff Goldblum again. Leonard Nimoy. And um, I think it's Donald Sutherland in there as well. Yeah, he's in the screenshot that I'm looking at here. Yeah. So obviously Alien, and I guess Aliens falls into... 
action again, doesn't it? Sort of a science fiction action film. Yeah, it's more action than horror, isn't it? But I think a horror film has is a, it's all based on dread, isn't it? And like Alien is just a great horror film anyway. It's just I think with Alien, what's in the shadow? Yeah, it's the fact that it's in the ship somewhere and they don't know where it is. You know, but you don't have that sort of unknowingness so much in the second film, do you? You know what I mean? The first no. film had almost that sort of Jaws kind of feel about it, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, not knowing when it was or where it was going to crop up. Yeah. And I think Aliens, I think James Cameron made a good choice there to sort of take it into a more intense, uh, not in. Well, I guess it is more intense. It's more of an adrenaline rush, isn't it? Than yeah, but I think the third one, I, 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 I think the third one I've seen more than the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. It just seemed. It just felt more polished. You know, <laughs> That's, that is um, not a a very um, considered reference <laughs> to that film you know not a very popular reference to that film i shouldn't think you, uh, even the director david fincher is he can't stand that for, it, it wasn't his film he had an idea and the studios just kept interfering but i must admit when i was younger i used to love alien free but having watched all the, the quadrilogy recently yeah or i say recently it's probably about six years ago three and four just didn't do it for me uh, i didn't like alien resurrection so much no it's a bit stupid wasn't it yeah but <laughs> i think i guess alien free it feels like was there a need for that face hugger to get into the spaceship you know um after the at the end of the second one did it did a third one need to come along but i guess there's just money in sequels isn't there yeah yeah i did like I know I was saying about how I didn't like um, Prometheus and Alien Covenant, how everything's tied up. But I didn't mind it in Alien 3 so much when uh, Bishop comes back and he's Wayland, wasn't he? He's the bloke, the head of the Wayland Corporation or something. And he's, yeah, they yeah. want the alien, don't they? Yeah. And I thought it was good then. That one, But to have the Wayland Corporation now creating Alien at the beginning... I just uh, doesn't. Oh. Yeah, it doesn't make any Don't get sense. Don't started at all. on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're a load of shit. All right, all right. So from now on, any alien conversation that we have excludes any film after Aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that is that a fair one? I'm quite happy for that. Yeah, cool. And I'm happy to do the same with the Star Wars and not include any films after, after Return, Return of the Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> all right except for rogue one except for rogue except for one rogue. yeah that was well i film. think it's a bit unfair because i think when we went to watch the force awakens yeah none of us come out and go they ruined this did we no 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 we came out of that going that was star wars yeah bringing it all back to like that's what was missing isn't it from the star wars prequels having people interacting with all these sets and all these creatures Whereas you could tell the whole parts one, two, and three was all CGI. And when you watch them now, they all look really bad. Yeah. Really bad. And I think just having some rubber 
alien in the room with you just creates a whole new level of sort of realism out of the actors. The actors, it brings them to life, doesn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it just was missing in the the, the old the, the prequels. But the um, then then they went and had Luke Skywalker drinking milk out of some weird sea cow's tits and ruined it all. <laughs> Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? It's just, we've mentioned this before as well. The fact that there was no plan. It was literally, we make a Star Wars film. It's part one. We're going to do a trilogy. This is part one. Go. Oh, thank you. What do you want me to do? Just go. What do you mean just, go, what? Have you got anywhere I want to, I've got to take this? No, no, you just go for it. Yeah, we just want you to Disney the shit out of it. Yeah, but it's like, it was the do- same writer-director as Looper. And yeah, he just thought, oh, I'm going to just fucking turn all this upside down, which was a brave thing to do. But it just, they should have had a plan. <laughs> it's like, there's some really good scenes in that film. Yeah, but like it when just fucking Princess throws- Leia uses the force to pull herself back into a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, or when Finn and the uh, that little that young girl were racing around that casino, and <laughs> 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 oh, I don't know. It just it ruined Star Wars. That was like, nah, this is too much. Yeah, and then Solo. Just, I haven't, haven't watched it. It's just a tick box of. Everything. What did what's Han Solo said he's done before him and Chewie? What they said? <laughs> oh, he, he's done the Kessler one, and yet yeah, check, he won the Millennium. Fact, yep, yeah, check. You know, it's just it didn't need all of that. It's all been implied. It's all been said. Yeah, it just shit. It was just boring. And but the problem oh, is, we, is, have, we have is, a fight sequence on the top of a train. Like that's never been done ever. But it. it, it in the end, it almost starts taken away from the original three. Exactly. This is exactly it. And that's exactly what I say about the the Alien films as well. Yeah. Is that the Prometheus and that is detracting from what made Alien so good. And you can't watch Alien now without thinking, oh, David made that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to think that. You want to think, what the fuck is that thing? How did that get there? You yeah, know? yeah. That's alien to me. Mate, it's all alien to me. Oh, it's all alien to me, mate. Even Alien's alien to me now. Having 60 different genres of sci-fi is alien to me. It's just how it is, Nath. I suppose you could probably do the same with romantic comedy. Well, no, you probably couldn't. (laughs) um, That's my favourite genre of all time. We touched on science fiction and fantasy. The Matrix. Did you ever get into the Matrix films, Nathan? Yeah, well, the problem was, right, is the first Matrix film came out whilst I was in... On drugs. No, I was in in the army, right? Right. And I, I went to a extended phase one because I was so young. So basically it was just 16 and 17-year-olds and there was thousands of us on this one campus. And... It was that, you know, everybody just went crazy for the Matrix and I was absorbed in this whole social system of people my own age that were all absorbed in it. So I did get sucked into it. I did I did quite enjoy it, i got to be honest. Yeah. But I haven't watched a single one of them since. Have you not seen the sequels? I've, no, I watched, I watched 
uh, Matrix, Matrix Reloaded, and Revolutions. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I watched all three of them. But see, I don't think I made it past two. I don't think I ever watched the third one. Um, I really enjoyed the first one, and then I remember the second one going, "What now? What? What are you? What's happening?" <laughs> it just seemed to be a bit preachy. I don't know. I think I think the third one does. Oh, it might have been the third. One. I might have got halfway through the third one or something and turned it off. I definitely didn't go to the cinema to watch the third one. I probably did go to the cinema to watch the second one. I I quite liked the 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 concept of the fact that we were all just being harvested. Yeah, it's a horrible consideration, isn't it? Like you know that for our yeah. fuck maybe we're just batteries. Yeah, maybe we're in a fucking just a big computer game just to keep us happy. And and you know the reasoning they come up with, like uh, the human mind wouldn't accept um, if everything was just happy and easy all the time. Like the human mind doesn't accept it, so we were just dying. So they had to create the matrix that was just a replica of the struggles of actual life. Yeah, you know, um, which which is cool. Uh, but I loved how like dirty and horrible the reality was outside of the matrix. Yeah. You know what I mean? But how far forward was we in that future? Because they're flying around in these, these like weird spaceships and stuff. Oh, the, they? Ho- the hovercrafts. Yeah. Yeah. And you're thinking, well, why, why are we set like in the nineties? <laughs> <laughs> If they're like years ahead, I don't know. There are lots of questions thrown up with that. But yeah, I just felt the second one, or and definitely the third one, just got really almost pretentious. And I just, they become self-absorbed. Yeah. And I just sort of did lose interest in them a bit. So that sort of touches into action sci-fi as well, would you say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So then you got, your action sci-fi's RoboCop come up earlier. Oh, and brilliant! It's one of my favourite films. Literally one of my favourite films, not just one of my favourite science fiction films. It never tires. It never dates. <laughs> it just, the theme tune's great. Yeah. Except for if you watch the trailer, the music it's the Terminator music in the trailer, right? But I just love it. Ultra violent, loads of bad language. Yeah, gory as hell, isn't it? Same director as Starship Troopers and Total Recall. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I just think it's so great and it's so funny, isn't it? It, it is a good film. It works on loads of levels that its remake just didn't. Did it? Have you seen the remake? Yes, I have seen the remake, yeah. It's uh, you watch it once and forget about it kind of film, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. And even though it's got, like, Gary Oldman and Samuel Jackson in it, you just think Gary Oldman's a great actor, except for when he just goes in anything. And he will just go in anything, you know? And yes, he's good in it, but... It's not It's not a performance that's going to save a shit film. Yeah, really disappointing. I don't know why they remake these films when they should just re-release them to a new audience, you know? Create a new hype with these old films. Get everyone up and excited to go and watch it again. Yeah, but there's no mo- new money to be made in that. Well, it's got to be a lot cheaper than making a fucking film. Oh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> 
But I showed my son Robocop. Uh, he's 16. Um, not my youngest son. <laughs> <laughs> but yet. Um, and he really enjoyed it. He always never wanted to watch it. I always said, watch your Robocop with me. Watch. And he's like, oh. But he watched it and he's like, ah, I actually really enjoyed that. It's not what I thought it was going to be. And I think out of the three films that uh, the director, Paul Verhoeven, has done, Starship Troopers and Total Recall, that's the one to me is the best. I didn't... I like Total Recall, um, but... And Starship Troopers sort of a bit too long. I don't know. I've got bored watching it. Robocop just feels a short, punchy film. I doubt, I bet it probably is longer than an hour and a half, but it feels like it's just a good in, out, thank you, man. Yeah, it is. Good film, you know. It is a good film. It's the gore, isn't it? The gore was unexpected. Yeah, yeah, and it does some horrendous things, like blowing his hand off and the chap who gets run over, falls in all that toxic waste. Yeah, yeah. And gets hit by the car and just... Oh, just obliterated. <laughs> it is, and again, I love the um, the horrible dirtiness of Detroit, the slums, the the, the yeah, and just how everything's on a stretching point, isn't it? And the pigs have all, or the police have all had enough, and they go on strike. Yeah, and then it's just everything goes mental, doesn't it? All these criminals have just got free reign of the city. Yeah, but all the time you've got. A really satirical sort of news broadcast reflecting all the news stories and the adverts. Yeah, what's the computer game? Newcomb. (laughs) (laughs) It's just brilliant. Just great. Yamaha. (laughs) It's like heart transplants, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like robot hearts. Yamaha. Yeah, mate, it it was a complete film when it really, they put so much effort into setting the. Setting the backstory, setting the actual feel of the film. Yeah. Yeah, it just worked. But there's no sort of, you know, it is just basically they're all, the bad guys are on the payroll of the same people who are running the police. Yeah. And they're all 80s yuppies, aren't they? Running everything, you know, like the, the bloke who invents Robocop. It's just all one-upmanship and it's like Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. Running the police, isn't it? You know, that sort of banker yuppie mentality. The sequel just was a mess wasn't it you seen the sequel i have i've seen all of the original it was there was three original films weren't there uh i can't really remember the third i remember that being complete desire but yeah doesn't the third one he gets a jetpack or something yeah yeah but the second one is like isn't there like a gang that's being run by like an eight-year-old kid or something oh mate i don't know and then RoboCop 2, they put the brain of, like, a drug baron. In. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They put a cri- what criminal the fuck's going in the... on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing in that film makes sense. And there's just nothing... Not, like, RoboCop 2 is not as effective an enemy as Ed 209. I mean, that was the most shocking thing in RoboCop. The Ed 209 scene is a scene that I will always remember Yeah, yeah. for as long as I live the first time I saw it. You know, I remember that. And it's like I was saying about the fly, the scene with the baboons. Yeah. When my brother showed me that. A Robocop, I saw the posters and I wanted it for so long and 
the chap where I used to rent the videos from, he used to let me watch certain films, but he's like, I don't know if you should watch that, Trevor. Um, my brother Robin rented it, and I was like, Robin, let me watch it. And he's like, no, just because I wanted to. But then in, in halfway through, he comes out, well, Trevor, Trevor, we'll let you watch this bit. And he just showed me the bit of Ed 209. <laughs> Is this where Matey Boy's doing the demonstration and he puts the gun down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it just absolutely blows him to pieces, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's shocking, isn't it? It is shocking. There's the amount of squibs that have gone off on this chap. I've never seen anything like it. But it's not just the gore, it's there's nowhere for him to go. Once that thing starts firing, yeah. it's locked on, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's, it's the... It's, I think that was so terrifying for me. They're there, there's no way out. Of that. But not just that, the fact that it's it's a, a computer that's malfunctioning. Yeah. You can't reason with it, you can't, you know, it's just, it's programmed to do that and that's what it's going to do, you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah, that, it was... Absolutely um, shocking. It was a real good scene. It did really, like you say, it really shocked yeah. you when you seen it. But that Ed to an just, I mean, I know it's animated. It's like a little animated model, stop motion animation. So it's a little bit sketchy, but it still holds up today. It's still, I love it. Just the design of it. Which the new ones don't have again. Ed 209 looked awesome. Yeah, I used to have a toy of Ed 209. I've probably still got it somewhere. Probably in one of my kids' toy boxes somewhere. They probably have no idea what that is. <laughs> yeah, I'll never I'll never forget the first time I met Ed 209. <laughs> <laughs> but then, um, what's the other one I said about? Starship Troopers, Total Recall. Total Recall, yeah. Did you ever watch Total Recall? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you've seen a woman with three boobs. You did see a woman with three boobs. You did. And they carried that over into the remake with... Um, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, yeah, didn't they? It's a memorable scene. But not in the original book. It's a, a book by um, Philip K. Dick. Right. Who also wrote the short story that um, Blade Runner's based on. Right. He wrote Minority Report. You know, he's done some really good mind-bending science fiction stories. All They tend to be about questioning identity. Right. And none more so than a film. I think I've mentioned this one as well. Um, a Scanner Darkly. Don't know if I've seen that. There's a film of it and it's sort of rotoscoped animation with, it's Keanu Reeves, Robert Downey Jr., Woody Holson, uh, I think Winona Ryder. And it's about this policeman who's investigating like, I think it's like a like drug drug dealers or but he ends up becoming hooked on himself i think he ends up surveilling himself it's ah, oh, it's weird it is so weird but it's so good i just do love those uh anything weird like that Nate. you know that. <laughs> yes yes i do know that. but i think it's just done in such a weird strange way that this having this rotoscoped animation over the top of live action footage just works really well for that story what what is rotoscope animation it's like take a photo and you paint over the top of it basically uh right yeah i think i'm with you so it's like that if you looked up a scanner darkly just watch a trailer of it you'll get the idea yeah 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 so it all looks like sort of a grand theft auto you know yeah yeah you know the loading screens like that but yeah really good films 
any sort of science fiction you think we've missed here, Nath, in this massive film discussion? Because I think we're, we're coming up two hours of conversation here. <laughs> well, I mean, you're the one Ed in it, so I don't mind. But um, No, I don't mind. <laughs> like, The Abyss is one that I always enjoyed. Ah, yeah. That's one I mean to watch again. It's on my shelf, and I look at it all the time. I need to watch that again. The special edition, I always remember being better, a lot better than the, the standard version as well. I don't think I've ever seen it. No? It's like got the end where the aliens basically show us all that we've been doing wrong or something. Not sure that that's the end of the original film. No, no. I think in the the original film, it just kind of ends when the alien spaceship rises up. Out of the water. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're like, their sub is parked on it like isn't it yeah 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 their, their deep water exploration ship that's absolutely massive looks like a tiny little dot on top of this alien spacecraft yeah i think at the end of the special edition it's like it shows them like a video of look what you're doing to the world you're doing this to the oceans and you're having wars with each other you you fucking dickheads <laughs> you know that sort of yeah 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 sort of thing I can imagine. Which I don't think it needed it, but I always remember finding it quite interesting. I was absolutely obsessed after watching that film with anything to do with uh, submarines and, and underwater and deep water exploration. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. But at the same time, like for me, that fear of being trapped mm. like that uh, so far down... And the fact that you have to, you can't just go up. You have to decompress from that depth as well. You know what I mean? You're you're properly stuck down there. Yeah, yeah. And then I love the, when he has to go really deep, that uh, special suit. Oh, the fluid. Oh my God, that's disgusting, isn't it? You have to breathe that fluid in and then it fills their lungs so their lungs don't sort of compress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and and it's like the just the design of the suit. It's like a proper spacesuit that you'd imagine someone to be, you know, walking on the moon in, isn't it? Yeah. And then the um, you know, the Navy SEALs that go down there, and that one that starts to lose his shit and go a bit mental. Yeah. You know. Again, it's. I mean, it's a lot of typical James Cameron in there, isn't there? That you see in like Alien. It's that's what I say. All his science fiction films are taken from the same universe aren't they and the abyss is absolutely no no exception because it looks carl carl reese from the terminator the original terminator films in it isn't he he's the, he's one of the marines yeah isn't he? yeah michael bean's in it is he a good guy in it or is he a bad guy i think isn't he a bad guy he's he's the navy seal that goes mental isn't he yeah he gets i think he, is, he gets the he? bends doesn't he it's been so long since i've watched it that i there's so much of it I need. I have forgotten. But I just, but this... it's just brilliant. Like the fact that the way it all ties together, you know, like the Russian sub goes down or the American sub goes down. They think it's some sort of Russian interference. So then these Navy SEALs turn up on this deep water sub and they steal the miniature submarines to go on this mission. Oh, to they got, re- they're going to nuke something or. Yeah, they go to recover the, recover the nukes. That's right. And then, um, but they they happen to do it at the same time as a storm, and they can't detach the umbilical cord, and the the deep water station gets dragged along the seabed, and oh, it's just oh, it's just great. The whole thing, like you know, 
I really enjoyed it. Well, it preempts Cameron's sort of obsession with deep water diving, doesn't it? And I mean, that's. I know you say Titanic isn't a film you enjoy, but I mean, James Cameron helped create the technology to get, you know, the submarines to get down to those depths for the Titanic. Yeah. You know, and in the abyss here, we see the, the, like the water spiral creature. Yeah. Which is basically, they're doing that. And then he's like, yeah, I think we can do Terminator 2 now with the uh, liquid metal. Yeah. yeah, he, Yeah. He had that in mind for Terminator. We didn't mention Terminator in uh, sci-fi action but yeah he, when he wanted to do Terminator he wanted to do a liquid metal Terminator yeah and they was going to do it in stop motion animation and he's like nah nah it's just, just figured it in the end but then uh, they've done the abyss and they've you know early computer graphics yeah it li- led on then to Terminator 2 and just out one of those science fiction films again that just moved everything along that, that I think out of all the Terminator films the T-1000 in Terminator 2 is the most cold and scary Terminator yeah. in all of them. Yeah, I think he plays it really well. I think Robert Patrick cast as that. He's so slight, yeah. but you never for one minute think, don't believe it, do you? You know, he's so good in that. And I think it's brilliant the way it leads into it because until right up until the moment they're in the mall, you still don't know yeah, because of the previous, because of the original Terminator film, you just assume that Arnie's the bad guy, didn't you? Yeah, you're led, you know, to believe that. And that's it. He gets on the motorbike and he's in all the leather gear and you think, right, that's classic bad guy. And then the other guy's a cop and you're like, well, it's got to be the good guy. And then all flips on its head. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. Definitely my favourite Terminator film, Terminator 2. Yeah, it peaked. Yeah. Definitely peaked. They've just gone sort of crazy. <laughs> gone off on all sorts of different fucking tangents but i still enjoyed them as i said before more than the prometheus films more than the alien versus predator films yeah i've not watched any of those no i didn't you're not missing nothing good but yeah i've enjoyed even though they've been shit i have enjoyed them more than that the new terminator film i i quite enjoy the humor with Arnie as an old Terminator. Yeah, it's really weird. Have you seen the last one? Yeah, yeah, yes, I have. Where he plays like a drape, he makes drapes or yeah, something, doesn't Carl's he? Carl's drapes. Carl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's called Carl and he has a family and what the fuck is that? <laughs> and he's, he's telling the story about how he helped someone choose some drapes that tied the room together or something. It's just like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? But it, yeah, for some reason, it, it just works. Yeah, it's laughing at itself. Yeah, exactly. Is it taking the piss out of all the films that have come after Terminator 2? Is that what it's trying to do? Yeah, well, I think maybe it's... it's Because it certainly puts a stop to those films at the very beginning where you see Edward Furlong as his younger self getting gunned down on the beach, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the start. And you think, right, so all those films we've watched where John Connor is older, you know, they're out of the they're out of the story now, they're gone. Yeah, I don't know, it's almost farcical, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, it's sort of unashamedly confessing 
that it's just another unnecessary sequel, isn't it? Yeah. But I don't know. I I enjoyed them. You know, I, I, if it was on and I didn't have anything else to watch, I'd quite happily sit there and smile at it. You know? Yeah, well, like I say, I watched all the Terminator films with my younger son and he enjoyed them all. And I enjoy watching films with people that are enjoying them. But um, talking about other science fiction films that I haven't mentioned that I've got on my list here. Go. Shoot. Give me some. Have you ever seen Capricorn 1? Capricorn 1. Don't think so. Basically... It's the first manned shuttle to Mars. Right. And as they take off, as they're about to take off, someone comes in, gets them all out, all the astronauts, come with us, come with us, and they drive them off to this bunker. And then they're like, what the hell's going on? We're just going to Mars. And he's like, right, well, there is a problem. And it wasn't going to make it. It was all going to die. They're like, right. It's like, so we're going to fake the Mars landings, we've got a studio here ready to go. And then it's all about them. They fake, basically fake the Mars landings. Right. And then as the mission's coming down and they're ready in the desert to let these astronauts go to receive the landing pod and then they're going to put them in to take them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so for the cameras. And as it's coming back into Earth, it blows up. And everyone's watching it and it's like, shit. Suddenly, all these astro- these three astronauts are like, oh, fuck. We're dead. We're meant to be dead. So they've got to escape in the desert, and they're just being hunted down by black helicopters and that. Ah, oh, great film. I always remember really enjoying it. The last time I watched it, I thought it was a bit cheesy, but I'd be willing to watch it again because it is a great premise and a great take on the sort of the moon landings, I guess. Yeah, 1977, O.J. Simpson, James Brolin... Elliot Gould plays a TV, a news reporter. Right. But yeah, definitely one to watch. Directed by Peter Hyams, who went on to direct the sequel to 2001, 2010. Yes, yeah. Don't know if you've ever seen that with Roy Schneider. Yes, I have seen that. Or if you've watched it on your own. But Roy Schneider's in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the classic. <laughs> The thing is, though, mate, if you watch a film with Rob Schneider in it, with Rob's with, with 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 Roy Schneider in it, with Roy Schneider, Dunny bang on about it. Oh, Dunny, he's like, oh, watch this bit, watch this bit where I done that. <laughs> no, that's James Woods, isn't it? Look at the nuance. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 about? Have you seen Ad Astra? No, that's quite a relatively new one. Brad Pitt, isn't it? Yeah. No, I've not seen that. It's an interesting film. Yeah. I didn't I wasn't disappointed with it. No, mixed bag, wasn't it, that one? Yeah. It's um it's got some great visuals in it. It's a little bit all over the place though. Yeah, I've not watched it. I'll have to look out for it. And it's like there's some in the unnecessary you know what, actually no, it wasn't a particularly good film. Okay, I won't. No. <laughs> yeah, don't watch it. <laughs> no. Um Um What about Elysium. Yes, I have seen that. District 9. The same Ma- director, isn't it? District 9. Yes. Yeah, Elysium. That's a great film, isn't it? Where he's got to get onto the good planet. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's Earth like. shit, and there's like a, a, a utopia and then a dystopia, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's. Um, Matt Damon again. Yeah, gets stuck in a microwave, doesn't he? And then he, like, he's dying. So then. Um, Oh, oh yeah. When, yeah. when they strap that 
sort of uh, exoskeleton to him. Oh my god, that's horrendous, isn't it? When they bolt in it to mm. him, but they cool as fuck. You see parallels there, can't you? To District Nine, yeah, where you know matey's dying in that, isn't he? And he's got infected with the alien gene and he's starting to turn into an alien isn't he in that and yeah i guess in this matt damon is turning he's dying and he's turning into a robot it's similar and it's the same bloody guy that's out sholto cop copley yeah isn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's out to get him never acted before district nine but he's brilliant oh he is brilliant isn't he Played Murdoch in the A-Team film as well. Didn't yes, he? yeah. Oh my god, he was brilliant <laughs> when uh, when he's just like literally his men are being inspecting the helicopter to make sure it's safe to fly, and he's just holding on to one of the propellers, swinging round and round on it. <laughs> just yeah, he he had you know that film wasn't particularly brilliant, but what was in it, he made it. He made it. Yeah, yeah. Um. I think the film to end this on, Nath, because we do need to wrap this up. I could talk about it for weeks, but... Go on, mate. Um, is a film that two years ago would have been classed as science fiction. Now would be a historical biopic. Right. Is um, Contagion. Oh, mate, you had to pick one I haven't seen. Oh, it's basically... Uh, a virus started in a Chinese market from bats. Right, yeah, good. Spreads across the world, killing everyone off. Yeah, good. And it's a film that sort of raised its head again when all COVID took off because there's so many parallels. I think it's on Netflix. You should watch it. Right. <laughs> now we're getting through this. I mean, me and my wife watched it again when it COVID was kicking off. Yeah. And it was frightening. You're watching it going, fucking hell, yeah, shit. This is this is happening now. You know, and then it goes on and shows all the different effects of the virus on society, like panic buying, riots in the in the streets, um disinformation. Yeah. Matt Damon's in it again. He's like the main character you follow. But um Jude Law's in there and he's this journalist who's saying, oh, oh, it's all a con. This is not real. And, you know, he's spreading all this disinformation and people are not believing it. The only thing is, I mean, it's such a great film. It really is spot on accurate until the end where they come up with a, vi a cure and they're like, we need to test the cure. It might, you know, how do we test it? And then the woman who come up with it just injects it into herself and goes, I'm immune. Yeah. So then they distribute it everywhere. <laughs> and it's like a bit of a really rushed sort of happy ending, which at the time I remember thinking, really, is that, would that work? Would you have to test it on other people? Wouldn't there be other tests you'd have to do? And obviously we've seen yeah. since then the effects of those tests and how you, even now we've got a vaccine, we're still seeing what it's doing, you know, whether it is effective. We don't know, you know. Whereas I think it was a nice wrapped up tidy end on that, but really good film, really shocking. Well, they they wrote the end too soon, didn't they? They did write the end too soon. If they'd have waited a couple of years. They they'd have been able to do it far more yeah accurately. 
but it is it is frightening though but clearly right if that film was written or if that film came out 12 months before covid hit oh it wasn't 12 months it was a good six or seven years before oh right right okay well i mean yeah but if that film came out six or seven years before covid actually came about then clearly there have been enough concerns about this sort of thing or there being potential for the sort of thing of covid to happen oh yeah exactly it's based on sort of plans and um not plans what's the word (laughs) careful yeah um predictions simulations simulations and predictions and things isn't it yeah yeah yeah. so we've seen it coming a long time but it's finally fucking hit you watch these things back then in 2011 it come out and you, you watch it then and you just think oh god it's frightening. Hope that never happens. Yeah, and but ninety percent of the time, shit like that never happens. Like you know, these these. No, that's it. And we get these viruses, and you hear them Ebola, Ebola yeah. and bird flu, Sar- and, SARS, yeah. and sort of all of that. Yeah, yeah, swine flu, and, and you just think nothing of it, do you? No. And then this one unleashed, wasn't it? Yeah. Have we learnt? Probably not. Is the ultimate question. For next you, you time, you know what it is, right? <laughs> this is how I see it. And, you know, people might think that this is incredibly cruel and blunt. But if you get a massive woodland that's on fire. Yeah. Yeah. You cut fire breaks into it. Yeah. To stop the fire. Yeah. Yep. So the problem that we've got is that there are too many people on the face of the planet. So we need to cut some fire breaks into the population. Whittling. Whittling, yeah. <laughs> You're getting in, yeah. Should, um... should we edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> if only we was on an island, Nath, we'd have been all right, like New Zealand. Yeah, 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 yeah. If only we were on a fucking <laughs> island. Yeah, where we could have completely control our borders. Yeah. Imagine. Oh, dear. <laughs> this is getting into but anyway, da- on that note. Dangerous, te- dangerous territory for a podcast, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> We've uh, so we've talked science fiction. Did we do it all? I don't feel like we did it all. Oh, we can come back. We didn't do time travel. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favourite genres. <laughs> Nave, thanks ever so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Trevor. Always a pleasure. No worries, ladies and gentlemen of the audience. Thank you ever so much for listening. Hope you've enjoyed this rambly chat of film. Touching on subjects, but not going into too much depth. <laughs> Just waffling. Waffling. Love it. Waffling. All right. Yeah. Love you then, Nath. I'll catch you soon, See my you friend. soon, my blood. Peace. Peace. Cheers.